0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Ksubos, Daf Tzadi Tes, and Daf We're into the we're into the triple digits. at Daf 100 of Maseches Ksubos, and we'll be learning the first Amud there as well. Um, I'll just say this on the recording for those who are out there and those who are listening. Hi, Steve. Um, that um, I'm going to try and finagle something about Sunday morning to not give, and we'll hopefully over on Shabbos and then over on. On Monday, Monday, Monday's Yantafar already, right? Yeah, and over teach on Monday. I don't know. I don't know. I will try so that we don't have to have a, a, such an early uh, shear and a limiting shear at Hoshana Rabbah morning. Let's get started. We're about eight, nine lines from the bottom of Tadi at the word Toshma. We have been discussing a case. Uh, It was a case that was brought up in the base medrash. That's one third of the way down. And the case was where the balabai says to an evid, go sell my property that's the size of a lesach," And instead, the person sold a property that was double that size. So we were debating. Is that called, I listened to part of what you said and then went further? Or is that called, I didn't listen to you? We were debating this. And we're actually going to see another source now to try and answer this question. And then the Gemara is going to flip the whole question as a version two of our Gemara. But let's finish up version number one. Eight lines from the bottom. Based, a woman's Ksuba. The contract, when she got married, it says that it's worth 100 zoos. She sells a property that's worth 100 zoos plus a dinar, and she gets a mana for it. We had said in our Mishnah, machra bata. That sale is completely inappropriate, and it doesn't work. The reason why it makes no sense is because her k'suba was only 100. She went and took 100, 100 mana plus a dinar, of somebody else that's not hers to take the whole contract mm-hmm. is null and void doesn't work my love isn't this the case isn't isn't this case The zavin mana where she sold a property that's worth a hundred mana and one dinar and she got it and she got back the mana Dinar so okay who cares whichever one it is what's the difference bin mana what then did the Mishnah say to Mana to say that she gets to keep, uh, that she gets to only keep the one? Says the Gemara, well, that doesn't work because our Mishnah had said that she would then go back and give the other dinar. Afilu, that even if she were to give back that extra dinar, uh, then all should be fine and good. Afilu, what does it mean? What is that afilu in our Mishnah? Afilu hi a dinar even if I give back. The surplus of property above the suba cost back to the uh, the rightful owners to the isomim. So then we should say even Stephen all is fine and good. No, nope. the katani still we say mach rabotel. We still say that the wholesale is not good. That shows us that um, that what the shliach did that mavir. We're talking about someone who didn't listen well. The whole contract is null and void. Why would we say that? Let's remember art the case that we started with. We started with a case of, hey, I'm the Balabais, you're my Shaliach. please go sell my property that's worth a lesach And you as the Shaliach, you take matters into your own hands. You don't sell the property that's worth a lesach that's worth a hundred. You sell a property that's worth a kur. A kur is two X, it's twice as much as a lesach So says the Gemara, that's our case with the woman in our Mishnah. What did she do? I'm only owed a mana." She took amana plus. She took more than she was supposed to. Same as the case. He sold more than he was supposed to. We see Mahrabotel. Maybe we can extrapolate from our Mishnah back to the question that was at the top of this amud, And we can deduce uh, and say, hey, it must be Mavir that the shliach didn't listen well and Mahrabotel. And therefore Mavir that when a shliach oversells, the first half, which he was asked to sell, doesn't even count. The Gemara says, nope, not a good riot. Why not? Two lines from the bottom of the page. Ravhuna, Lo. That's not a good comparison. Bid Ozil, that we're talking about where it was not a case where she sold a property of mana vidinar and got back mana vidinar. It's rather where she sold a case where bid'i Ozil, where she sold it at a lower cost. Ozil, from the word zolt, cheaper. She found, she sold the property. Her ksuba was 100. She sells a property of 100 mm-hmm. dinar, 100 mana plus one dinar. What does she get back? Only only the mana and that's what that's what actually happened it says the morning well if that's true top of Aleph, that can't be <clears throat> because <clears> Ozel. <throat> if the latter part of our Mishnah was talking about a, a case where a woman um spent uh, she tried to sell a property it was valued at X and she got X minus one we already have that case, because the Seifa talks about that. What does the Seifa say? We have in our Mishnah, Seifa, what does the Seifa say? Subasa, Arbameo's zuz. Remember the wife of the rich husband. Her zuba has 400 zoos. And And when it was time for her to collect Iksuba, she went to multiple buyers with pieces of land that belonged to the estate of her now dead husband. And she sold hundred at a time. what about the last guy? So let's say Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. She sells a field to Ruvain for a hundred. Now she's only owed three hundred. Then she sells another hundred to, to Shimon, and then another hundred to Levi. She sold three properties, a hundred a pop. What's her balance due to her? A hundred. So four hundred minus three sales of a hundred is a hundred. Ule and then to Yisachar. What sale does she make to Yisachar? Mona she sells a property that's one of a dinar. She sells a property that's above the amount that she's owed. She's only owed a hundred. But she, the property that she took from the estates to cash out for the last part of her ksuba was a hundred plus a dinar. She was only owed a hundred. And mm-hmm. And what we saw in our Mishnah, that in such a case where she sells the one hundred plus a dinar only for a hundred, we say that that it doesn't work. So we already have a discussion in our Mishnah about Bidozil, which is an under... So how can you say that the Resha is talking about Bidozil when the Sefa is also talking about Bidozil? They're both talking about the same thing, says the Gemara. Well, you have, you have a total misunderstanding here. Six Five lines down. Resha, Bidozil. Both the Resha and the Sefa are talking about a case where she sells a property for less than it's actually worth. It's worth 100 She sells it for 90 this Sefa, what is the this last case that we just learned the case of the 400 zoos. the Sefa, kamash malan to bidiyasme the reason over there why things didn't work out is because she did something that wasn't right to the aslaman aval bidida maybe as it relates to herself if she took the loss because where does that money go that she sells hers if she sells 100 if she sells a property worth 100 and it's only 90 the Yisomim don't lose out. Did a great job. So Kamat Then I would have made the made the assertion that her that her that that would actually work. Says the Gemara that can't be either because resha Raisha Shamasmino. That we already learned out from the Raisha. Where did we see in the resha that the losses that she incurs belong to her and only her? That's clear. Eight lines down. She has a two hundred. Zuz Suba, she sells a property that was worth a hundred and pulls in two. Oh, Shabima Sign Bimana. Or she sells a property that's worth two hundred and she only gets a hundred out of it. What did we say? The halacha was Nis said that she does absorb the loss if the money's only going to her. So we can't, it can't be that we're learning the same thing twice in the same Mishnah. That's for sure not. So says the Gemara, Mao what might I have thought? Hassam, that case is different. In the Resha, in the Mishnah, where it speaks about the woman who sells a property for that's worth 200 and she sells it for 100, there, mahu d'tema haasam hu di'istalkala mehai beis When she makes this sale of a property that's worth 200 and only pulls in 100, maybe that case is different because now she's severing her whole connection to that family. You have one thing that you owe me. You owe me maksuba. Great, go sell the field. So she takes a field that's worth 200 she sells it for 100 maybe that case is different than our case of maybe here in the case where there's 400 zoos, and she's selling to four different people. Maybe we should make a gezerah, a rabbinic injunction that forbids the sale of the 100, let's say the first three guys to whom she is selling properties of 100 apiece. She hasn't even gotten to her balance yet. She's still owed another 100. Maybe we should have a rabbinic injunction against those first three sales because we know the last one doesn't work. Kamashmulan, that that's not the case. Now, all of this is version one of the Gemara where we're trying to understand the question of a balabais tells a slave please go sell a leseh please go sell one of my properties and uh, instead the the guy doesn't listen and gives over uh double the properties he sells more but really says the gemara amri a third of the way down on sadi tesmidalaf really ha really that isn't a shaila at all kura de the gemara assumes which is not Shouldn't be Pashot, because we have a lot of Mari Makomos that, that would combat this idea. But nevertheless, the Gemara assumes, takes it takes it uh, just as an assumption, that in a case where, the whole case we've been dealing with over the last amud, in a case where a balabai says, please go sell a lesach of my property, and the shliach, the, the uh, house manager actually sells a kur a double, that everyone agrees it's mosif, which means that the lesach vo- volume of property sold counts, and the balance does not count. Really, that case is obvious. Kiti Bailach, where is it that we actually have our shila? That is, I want you to sell the more expensive one. And then the Shleach doesn't listen. My. What would the halacha be in that case? Let me just restructure what we learned yesterday and what we learned today. Yesterday, he was asked to sell a cheaper property and he sold a more expensive one. Today, the Gemara is saying that case is obviously a case of Mosif. And the first part of the sale is valid. The second part of the sale is not. The Gemara is now flipping the question and saying the Balabais asks, the house manager to sell a property that's a core, more expensive, and the house manager doesn't listen and sells a property that's less expensive. My, what would the halacha be? And the Gemara here articulates both sides of what we might be thinking here. Me omrinan, do we say, Omar lay, the tovalach abdilach? The house manager will say to the balabais, I did you a favor. How did I do you a favor? Because you don't want to be too liquid. You don't want to have too much cash on hand. The If you really didn't need all of these coins, I can't go back. You're going to be stuck with all of this money out of the bank. No interest will be gained. No benefits to be had. Or perhaps maybe we would argue in the flip way, halfway down. Odilma, perhaps maybe we would argue in the I don't wanna have so many contracts with so many people. I didn't ask you to think for me. I asked you to go sell my properties. You're giving me a swara that maybe I might have extra Zuzum on my hand because I can't put it back into the bank. I don't care, I'm the owner, I asked you to do something. So the the the, the house manager is saying, I'm doing you a favor. I don't wanna to have uh, too much cash on hand. The Balabais is saying, who asked you? This isn't a democracy, you're my employee. I don't want to have more staros on my hands. When you break up my properties into two sales, now I have two annoying people to deal with instead of one. I only want one. You made a mistake. So, which side uh, of this hakira is the right side of the hakira? Says the Gemara, Amar of Hanina Misura Toshma, I'll give you a good answer. The Balabais gives the house manager a dinar of Zahav. And that's really, uh, there, there are six coins within a dinar of Zahav. The Omar, and he says to him, please go to the store. I want you to go to the hatbox. And I want you to buy me one of those non-iron shirts. It's worth three coins. So the Gemara says, uh, So that, remember, the dinar is six. He says, here's a dinar, which is worth six. Go buy me a shirt. What does he come home with? A shirt and a talus. So you let's... The Gemara says, at that moment, we then find out that these monies were really me'ila and you're not allowed to use them. And the Gemara says, ma'alu. both of them have violated me'ila. Now, I bishlama, gavna, if you want to say that the house manager, the shliach, he did his shlichus. You asked me to buy you a shirt. I bought you a shirt. But then I additionally took the balance of the six coins and also bought you a talis. So then I could understand. I could understand. Because at the end of the day, I did exactly what the balabais asked me to do. He wanted a shirt. I came home with a shirt. Okay. But if you want to say that really it's mavir, that really, even though I did what you said, but because I stepped out of bounds and did more than what you said, the whole thing retroactively is a zero because I'm not good at listening. Bill, can you please go buy me a shirt? And I come home with the whole store. That's not, how I do that all the time. That's not helpful. Nobody asked me to buy more. I went to Hungarian today, whatever it's called, to buy two things. My bill when I left was $177. How is that even possible? I'm a very bad messenger. Now, in my dynamic, I'm allowed to spend money on my own credit card. No problem at all. But if I was a real shaliach, The Gemara would say in this frame, you can't do that. I gave you six coins to go buy a shirt. Why did you come home with a shirt and a talis? So the Gemara says that if you're gonna say that the shaliach is a rebel, and by buying the talis, he's indicating that he's really not listening to the owner, Maal. Why would we have then said that the Bala bias violated Mi'ilah? We learned at the bottom of tzadi chesam and at the end of the day yesterday. Uh, this is about two-thirds of the way down. What we learned there is that Lo asa shlichuso, shliach ma'al is that if the if the shliach violates the shlichus, then it's not the problem of the Bala bias anymore. Uh, but, but we see that there is Mi'ilah. So maybe we should say from here that Halo it is Mosif. And not Mavir. Says the Gemara, no, can't do that. Why? <laughs> and what was going on in this case of Meila? Says the Gemara, <laughs> I went into the hat box. I went to the rack and I per- picked out the perfect shirt. Exactly the right collar size, exactly the right sleeve length, and exactly the right fit. And it was worth six. And when I got up to the counter, he said, half off sale. It's only worth three. And then I took the other three and I bought a talis with it. But I did what you wanted. So maybe this case is different, says the Gemara, because I literally picked a shirt off the rack that was the exact cost that you asked me to buy. Says Gemara, my mom. If that's true, then why did the shliach get a punishment of meila? Answers the Gemara, because he's an idiot. He bought a talis. Nobody asked you to spend my money that way. Says Gemara, because a talis. Hehachi. of the Gemara says if this is true, then I don't understand the seifa. the seifa of what? The seifa of this case in meila. The case of me'ila is what we've been learning. Here are six coins. Please go shopping for me. What's the safe of that b'raisa? Rev. Yehuda. Five lines from the bottom. A Omer. Af bal habayis loma'al. Even in this case, there's no me'ila. loma'r Really, says Rev. Yehuda, you didn't do what I said, and there's no me'ila by me at all. Irrelevant of whether or not the shlichus was performed, because... Um, I wanted a, a, a better version of what you bought, and you got gave me something ra. My ra says the Gemara. What's ra in this case? Uh, the Gemara says ra bidamim. It's less money than I wanted to spend. There is actually a psychology. I can't remember. I can't remember what it is. There's a psychology. I think I, I have this psychology that I actually enjoy buying products that cost more money than their counterparts, because in my brain I have this wiring that therefore you're getting more for it. It doesn't mean I'm right. It's just my wiring. So sometimes I see two things. I'm like, "Mm, if I can afford it, I think I'm going to splurge. What? If Secrets had a generic, would you buy the generic? No, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. You don't mess with magic. No way. No way. For sure not. (laughs) Sure enough. The shirts that I wear, the shirts, Charles Turret shirts, they, you go to the store, they'll be $109. I never buy those shirts at that price. Every year you get four for uh, 99 bucks. So I stock up. It's the same exact shirt, just cheaper. But here he's saying, I wanted you to spend more money because the more you spend, the more the shirt is actually worth, as we'll see in a moment. To Amar Le, Isis Lebeshis, had you actually bought that shirt, which today at its market value is worth 6 If really in the market, the shirt was selling, if it's a half off sale, then buy me one for six because then it's worth 12. So he says, I didn't ask you to buy me the shirt at three. Buy me the shirt that's worth six today. It's a better shirt. This is my budget. It's my line item. Go shopping. Buy me a better shirt at six than a lesser shirt at three. I don't want you to save me money because you hurt me just now. Not only did you not do what I said, but I lost money in the market. Because if I want to take that and I have an Amazon account, I'm sending you to the store. All the shirts worth six, bring them home. I come home, I want to flip them and sell them for for nine and keep a profit of three. Great. Now you messed me over. So that's what the Gemara says to Rebuda. And Kanami, I can prove this. How can we prove this? Deikonami what? That we can prove What? Uh, Rashi, six signs from the bottom, I can prove to you, I can prove this, how? Says the Gemara, last line, side Diktani, what did we say? Or what did it say over there? Because we didn't say this. Rabbi Yehuda would agree that in a case where he's selling kidneys, he's selling legumes, he's selling peanuts, whatever the legumes are, that the, the din would be, Why? top of the study testament base, because uh, you're going to buy 20 for a dollar or you're going to buy one for five cents. It's the same exact pricing and it doesn't matter. So in that case, when I do more, then we're both being mall. Nothing really changed because you didn't buy a lower quality of what I, the market value is consistent across the board. Yeah, like, let's just imagine that, that it, this is like gasoline, like gasoline always sells an extra gallon. You don't get discounts if you fill up your whole tank at once. So they're saying the same things about legumes. And Shema that we, that this is exactly what Rabbi Hood is talking about. Hechidami, what's the case of the kidneys? If you want to say that it's a place where they just approximate I'm buying for a seller. Normally a seller we get a pound. For a seller. I'll give you a pound and throw in. If you ever get 25 munchkins from Duncan, it's never 25 munchkins. It's always 30. You know, you're buying the You're buying with an approximation. So it says the Gemara, no, of course that's not what's happening because otherwise that's the exact literally the exact opposite point Rabbi Huda was trying to make. No, it has to be Amara Papa, Ashwa the Kaili Bikhani. The way that they actually do this is they scoop out. You know, we have the one cup measures. We take the uh, spatula and we smoothly clean off the top to make it perfect. This is what you're getting for your seller. Dump it into a bag, zip tie it, goodbye. Get out of my store. That's what we have to be talking about kind of le kanabekanabepruta Everyone knows that the sale. Everyone knows. Everyone knew. Everyone knew back in the day that the the kidneys were sold at this at this particular rate. So that's what the Gemara wants to suggest over here, um, that uh, we actually have a, a strong approach, a reasonable approach, to assume that we are talking about a case of mavir where the the shleach is totally off base. Let's continue learning. We're on the top of tadi base, and we are. Oh, where are we? Five lines down. Thank you. Toshma Hayisa Subasa Arba of is the case that we know about. She has a very uh, a very high ksuba dollar amount. She sells the first hundred of the, the husband's estate and the second and the third. For the fourth husband, there's for the fourth sale, I should, not fourth property, of the fourth husband. For the fourth sale of her ksuba, it's to the fourth person. She's only owed a 100. What did she do? She had a field that was worth yaf and dinar. It was worth a mana plus a dinar. She sold it bimana. And what did we say? That for the last person, the sale is completely gone. And for everybody else, the sale actually works. So what do we see? We see that the first few sales were less than the total and the sale totally worked. So says the Gemara, what must be going on in this case? The only reason why those sales actually worked is because the only properties that that guy had were Katini. They were very small properties at 100 a pop. Otherwise, according to this approach, the Gemara seems to imply that our Mishnah would not have allowed for her to make these smaller sales. If there was a property worth 400, she would have to sell that and not the one hundred. One and 100s is broken up. And we'll see more about this later today. Quarter of the way down, the Gemara says, "Pshita." what's obvious that if anyone, if a Balabais would say to his shaliah, I want you to make a sale to only one person, and I want you to specifically not sell to two people. There, everyone agrees. Ha'amar leh. Nothing to talk about. What did he say? Le'echad, below But what if he said, O'mar leh le'echad, stama, mine? Please go sell this to someone. Just like that. It doesn't mean I, I don't know what, what, what his deeper intentions are. Does he not want me to sell to two? Says the Gemara. This is a machlokas. Rav Huna says that if a person were to say, if a balabais were to say to a shliach, stama, I only want you to sell this to some, I, I want you to sell this to someone, but it's a non-specific title, it says the Then then we we imply strictly from him that if he says, please go sell this to someone, that even though it was stam, he cannot sell it to two people. However, and we pass in like this second Sheeta, Huna, the Amritarvayu The can do whatever he wants. He can sell to as many people as he wants. Now, uh, I, I already told you how we paskin, but the reason I know that is because of the next few lines. Ikla Rav Nachman, the surah. Rav Nachman went to surah. They came to visit him and they were talking and learning. <speaking in Hebrew> what would be the case in, in our case? Namely, let's ask the question again. What would be the halacha in a case where the balabais says to the shaliach, please go sell my property to someone? He doesn't say to not sell it to two people, he just says, go sell it to somebody. So it says the Gemara Amar lehu le'echad ve'afilu l'shnaim le'echad ve'afilu l'me'a. You can sell it to as many people as you want. Amru they said to him, afal gav d'to ashliach. Would this also be true if he made ashliach? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is a little bit more than halfway down. Dibur Hamasil maschil ve'afal gav What was his mistake? U'machar b'zol. Maybe we should say that it's still Kayyam if he sells it for less than it's worth. no I wasn't talking about that case. Says the Gemara, but if the Shliach sells it for less, you should have been talking about that case because we have a rule. We know that there are general rules about not overcharging when you're making a sale. If I'm running a business and I'm selling a product of a finite cost, I'm only allowed to increase the costs by a particular amount. It's not whatever I want. So says the Gemara, when it comes to karkos, there are no rules of ona. Oh, no. That only applies to metaltalin So therefore, it should be the case that if the shliach makes an error by bringing in too little money, that it, there should be nothing wrong with that. Says the Gemara, that rule of ein ona no karkos, hanimili la bayis. That's only true for the owner of the house. However, aval ta shliach, omar liskune liskunei shedartich, I didn't send you out to do work for me to mess me over. I sent you out to do work to help me out. You're my. You have a job. Your job is to sell my products. If you bring in less money than I'm spending, you're bad at your job. So I'm going to hold that over your head. If I do it, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. That's up to me. But if you're my shliach, you're not allowed to do that. timra. A little bit more than halfway down. Uminot timra. The shiny bench shliach of where do we see precedence for distinguishing between ona and karka, between a balabais and a shliak? It's not. We have a Mishnah. This Mishnah can be found in Maseches, Trumos. And the Mishnah reads as follows Ha omalishluchot se utrom, a person, a balabais says his shaliah, please go out and donate. balabais. <laughs> he needs to follow whatever the ratson of the owner is. The Gemara then says, What if the Shaliach doesn't know? Because we know that by Truma there isn't a fixed price. What if, the, what if he doesn't know how much he wants the Balabais to give? Oh, says the Gemara, then do what's normal. Says the Gemara, That's normal. That's what normally what people do. That's what people do. So let's say, for example, the, the, the Balabais says to the Shaliach, uh, Please go pay the guy at the door for the pizza. Okay. Can I give them a tip? I don't know the diet. Or so we do what's normal. Something that's something that's on the bottom of the receipt is normal. You want to give a 50% tip? That's ridiculous. You want to give a $1 tip? You're a jerk. Do what's normal on the bottom 15, whatever the number is. 15, 18, 20% normal stuff. So same thing over here. You just got to be, you have to be a mensch. You have to make a good decision asora o truma so we even have a margin of error if he was 10 points off in the in the bottom number in other words if it was not 150th, but between 140th and 160th a plus or minus of uh, of that uh, that bottom number being 10 no problem bilugabe but if i'm the guy who's writing the check it's my money and i was really impressed with your service Tanya, what does the Bryce say? Even if it wasn't anywhere near the norms of 140th to 160th of the Truma, I ended up giving 120th of It's not 2%. It's 5%. It's a massive amount of Truma. Doesn't matter. Truma, so Truma. We therefore see the distinction between about a bias and a Shliach. The Shliach has parameters of normalcy that are required of him. I, if I'm the Shliach and you give me your credit card, I have to behave like a mensch with your credit card. But if I'm if it's my credit, I can do whatever I want. I can empty my bank. It's my money, no problem. And therefore the truma that I give can be way, way, way more extreme than the one that the Shliach can. That's obvious, it's intuitive, and more importantly than our feelings is it, it's coded here in the Mishnah. Tashma. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the case that we're talking about as it relates to our Mishnah. The case we're talking about is a case where a person said, please go sell my property to someone. Says the Gemara, Toshma. for the fourth time today. What does the Gemara say? The Gemara says the first three sales are valid. How did you sell to multiple people? The haraya that you're allowed to sell to multiple people. That's a beautiful raya. That's our mission of black on white. She is very good. She is treated as a shliach in concept. That's great. The have discussed that. I should have said that. She is treated like a shliach by in comparison. Why? Because she's doing the liquidation of the property of the husband's estate. The husband could have done it. Maybe he even should have done it. But she did it. So she functions as a shliach and we treat her as a shliach as well. And the Gemara says, we have a Raya brura from here, that she who's functioning as a shliach, we therefore see precedence in our Mishnah, that if there was a case of Stamma, where we don't have an indication of how many Shtaros we should give out from the estate of the husband, she can give out uh, seemingly as many as she wants until she gets to her Ksuba. That's what the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara suggests. And the Gemara says, no, no Raya. Amar of Shisha of Edi Biktini. You can't bring a Raya from our Mishnah because as we've already concluded earlier today on the top of this page, we concluded that the case in our Mishnah was a case where that's all the types of properties that he had. He only had properties that were worth 100, 100, 100, and 101. That's it. That's all he had. So therefore, we can't bring a raya from there. But Taka, had it been that in our Mishnah, they were dealing with a case of 400, we would have been able to infer that you're allowed to break up those payments. We know we no longer have a raya, and we don't know the answer to our question as we end our Gemara as to whether or not. I mean, we know in Psak, but we don't know from Shaka Bataari. We know what to do. But we don't know why. Uh, and our Gemara does conclude here at the end with nothing crystal clear, but the Gemara does say that the Amorim Paskin uh, that we are allowed to sell to multiple people. Next Mishnah, six lines from the bottom, Saudi Testament base, another Ummah to go. Perfect timing. Shum Hadayonim Shapir shesus, Shisus Ohosifu Shisus machron Batel. If the dayana make an assessment of, of an item in Besden, they're making a hashaara that you owe X for uh, object Y, whatever the math equation is that they're making. What? Well, we're gonna we're just getting started. <laughs> I, I, I hesitated with the Mishnayus group to to do Nizikin to like prep for next year. It's a lot. It's like an absolute guarantee of two Mishnayus a day, and it's a lot. I'm I'm nervous. I would probably de-stress my whole next year after that. I don't know. What do you think? Anybody? All right, we'll talk about this later. own that's that's right. I know, but I'm saying it would make that feel me easier if I learned uh, if I learned and well. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've learned it before. Maybe I'll, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm too nervous. You just do it for your own sake. Man. All right, I don't have time. All right, says the Gemara: if the dayanim are off by a sixth in either direction, Machor batal they're not allowed to do that. We have rules. So oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. Uh, Rashba Gomer what are you talking about and Kaim this is the power of Bezdin they don't they can't have the same rules as everybody else. There has to be a, an extra unique power to Bezdin. they should be able to make up Pesach and have it stick and if there was some type of public sale, Uh, a public sale that everybody knew the pricing, even if you were off by 100%, it doesn't matter, what does this question mean? I wish I was uh, there when they were putting the Gemara together to understand why they didn't put Rashi into the text of the Gemara, because Rashi paints a gorgeous, clear picture of what this question means. So the Gemara says, "Ibayilu shliach kiman." And Rashi speaks like a Gemara. Take a look at this Rashi: "Dibur hamaschol shliach kiman, shliach de'ta'a a shliach who makes an error kiman daininun le." How do we judge him? Do we judge him ke'almana daininun le? She beto is kol dehu That if an almana makes an error in any way, the whole contract is null and void. Kiditznan shabed b'mana v'dimar v'din v'dinar b'mana machrabat. remember our case. The last a hundred. She actually sold, sold 101 of property and pulled out, that's too much. And we said, Machran and Batel. Do we treat him like that? Or as Rashi concludes, oh, Kid Dayonin, who the to Brilliant. But again, from the Gemara itself, it's very hard to know uh, what the question is. Again, I'm very curious. And historically speaking, the, there are very, very strong Mari Makomos in the Rishonim that indicate that the shakla Atari of our Gemara, like the, the back and forth of our Gemara, was not written by Amora. Uh, There's a strong position that it was written by the Savo Rime. So historically speaking, the way that things were laid out was like this. In the year 220, uh, that was when Rabbi died. Just prior to his death, all of the Mishnais were, were edited, organized, and codified. Period. The Amorayim gave sheer on those Mishnahs to unpack what Rabbi Hudanasi put into the Mishnahs. This was a period that lasted from about 220 until uh, the mid-600s. The next period of time around 700s and 800s was when the Gemara started Somewhat to appear like we have it, but a lot of the Shachlavatari was in the margins. I have a copy of this, and I'm a picture of a of, of, of a of a tsuris hadaf that looks like that. And then in the 1400s, they mushed it all together into the shas that we know of in Warsaw, in Poland. So there, that, that's how uh, some many write this. So there, it could be that in the early early versions, let's say before the Saval Ryan came along in the 700s, that none of the Shachlavatari was there. You had mishnayis. And you had Amoraic right, right statements of like one line, Amara X, Amar Shmuel Y, and done. Suggis were over. That's very likely what Gamara looked like in the 700s. Very likely. So, anyways, this uh, I'm curious, like, why didn't they put this in? I, no one would have a clue with it. They understood it. Oh, yeah. Years later yeah. yeah. Called, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then art scroll writes, and then soon there's going to be a book on art scroll because we don't even understand no, the English, you know. you read that's for sure true that there's you read all about. Yeah, that's a problem too. Perforce, one of their favorite words. Okay, so that's the Gemara's question here: Is do we treat a shliach? Do we treat a shliach like an almana, no room for error, or do we treat an alma, or do we treat a shliach like a dayan, and they can make an error of up to a sixth? I love the question. It's such a good question. I just wish the Gemara would have put the question. <laughs> yeah. Says the Gemara, Rava Amar Rav Nachman, Top of Kuf Amad Alif, entering the 100s They have a little bit of latitude. A Shliach can make an error up to a sixth. Shmuel Bissna, uh, Rav, Rav, Rav Shmuel Bar Bissna, Rav Rav Shmuel Barbisna, Omar Amar Rav So first it was Rava Amar Rav Nachman, and now it's somebody else in the name of Rav Nachman. Someone in Yeshiva wasn't paying attention. Says the Gemara Ke that Rav Nachman really felt that a shliach should be treated like an almana, no room for error. Good. Rav Amar Rav Nachman Why? Because there's a similarity. Ma av nami Because the dayan and the shliach have a common denominator that none of this is for them, it's all for others. almana de But an almana, she needs to be treated more rigidly because she's the beneficiary of her work. But when the Bezin is doing something, or when a Shliach is doing something, they're not the beneficiary. So we're more strict by her because we want her to be as Yashar as possible. But by them, there's more latitude because they're not even the one. If I'm off by a sixth, my boss loses money. I don't gain money. That's not, it's a different mode. I want to be Yashar, but she has a real vested interest to cheat a little bit because all that money goes to her. Strange comparison. If I would have had to be rude about it, what's the comparison? An almana is one person, and a shliach is one person. Anybody else feel like that's a strange common denominator to focus on? It's not the first one deals with a real concern that she may take. She's more motivated. We have motive heard here. There's no what. So Cecilia, Why? It, he has it, his, his boss's credit card. Money. No, he's, he's gonna come money. home. His he's boss is gonna look money. at the credit card and say, I sent you to spend a hundred dollars in, in, in jewel. You yeah, spent a hundred and twelve dollars. But he doesn't get the products. He doesn't keep anything. But the almana, if she's playing a game, she keeps it. So they said by the almana, the first sheet, gotta be strict on her. We can't have her playing these uh, this, uh, you know these these tricks. But this second hakira is Omer Darshani. It's a very strange hakira. It's very strange. Rashi says, "Boo, nothing." Okay, so then the Gemara says, Vihil chasa, it's like, Again, it's it's so hard to understand these Gemaras. What happened to Rab Nachman? These are two Rab Nachman. Tell me, how did that happen? Where's the, the trade de even though that's not a common phrase it happens. Okay. why is this different? we have a Marimoko. We just saw this on the previous page, that if a balabais says to a Shleach, please go take Truma for me, and even though Truma doesn't have a fixed amount, he should do what his boss normally does. If he doesn't know what his boss normally does, then he should take 2%. That's a normal thing to do when you don't know what to do. Yeah, again, you have to have a plus minus of reasonable, minor, minimal, marginal error. If instead of 150th, he was off 10 points, between 140th and 160th, the halacha is truma. So shuma, this is normal margin of error. So what is the Gemara saying over here? He's a shliach, and he's not like an almana. The almana has no margin of error. You just said that the halacha is that a shliach has no margin of error. But here, we just said he has a margin of error. So which one is it? It says the Gemara, no. There, we're dealing with an arbitrary gift. It's an important gift. It's dindoraisa, but it's arbitrary in its volume. We don't care what you give. So some people give ba'ayin ra, they only give one 100. They're really cheap. They only give 1%. And there are also people who are torn ba'ayin yafa, they give one 30th. They give a lot. So Amarleh, I was just making an assessment. Avalhocha by the Almanah. To Usahu, she took a property that was 101. 101 plus the previous sales of 300 is 401. Your ksuba is only 400. You made an error, not an error in judgment. You're wrong. They're different things. You hear that? The Shliach had some latitude. I don't know what you normally do. Some people give 1%. Some people give three. I did three. So you can slap me on the wrist, but I didn't do anything wrong. She's wrong. It's different. They're, they're different errors. And that's not fair. You can't make a mistake here. That's what the Gemara says here is an important distinction. And we're still now holding that the shliach is treated like an Almana. no room for error. If you ever want to be a shliach, you should learn this page of Shas and learn all the posts come around. Omar, we're halfway down. Three lines before the wide lines. We're going to go till the second to last line and then we'll stop. Omar, we pass like like. The Chachamim. (coughs) This is the Chachamim in our Mishnah. If you look back at the bottom of Tzadi Testament Beis, we saw Machlokas between the Tanakhama of our Mishnah, who said that the Chachamim only have a margin of error of one-sixth in either direction. And Rashbag said, no, there's Koachachamim. So then the Gemara says, Allah like Chachamim. The Gemara says, I don't understand. The Lace, of Nachman doesn't Rav Nachman agree to the principle of what was the machlokas in our Mishnah the Tanakham of our Mishnah said margin of error up to a six Rashbag says no way because if you say that then what's the best what's the you're going to tell me Rav Nachman doesn't agree to that's impossible not only in concept but the Gemara has an explicit Mari Makom that makes it really impossible. Last of the short lines. The the, the yisomim came to uh, to divvy up to give out portions of the property of their father. They get a mediator. They get someone who's gonna who's gonna decide. He does all the divisions. When they get older, they're all bar mitzvahed now, then they can complain about the, the uh, atropuses, whatever the word is, The I don't know, about the allocations of the atropus. But Rav Nachman omar Higdilu ein limchos. Why? Because he ma koach din Oh, that's a dagger. That means that Rav Nachman most definitely holds of this principle of ma koach yofeh. And if he holds it over here, why doesn't he hold it in our Mishnah? How can Rav Nachman say the din is like the Chachamim against the Rashbag when Rashbag's whole essence is Mayafikoach Bezdin? I know Rav Nachman holds a Mayafikoach Bezdin. I know he does. So if he holds it in, 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 in source one, why doesn't he hold it in source two? The Gemara says, lo kasha, ha de ta'u, ha de lo ta'u. In one case, there was actually a mistake. And in the other case, there wasn't actually a mistake. Namely, in our Mishnah, when we're dealing with a mistake, they made a mathematical error. The item is only worth $100. You cannot evaluate it at $150. You can't do that. Our Mishnah is a toast. So he says, we don't apply the principles of my bezem when there's a toast. Where do we apply it? In the case of uh, where there's an accident. Okay, I gave a little bit more to the younger brother than, than I should have given him. There's just an accident. And says the Gemara, wait a second. If our case of the uh, Yosomim, who now have an apotropis to, to make allocations, if, they, if there was really no error, why does Rav Nachman say, limchos"? What are they arguing about? If Rav Nachman says that that's Bez and Yof, so what was, the, what was the reason why anyone would say that they could have ever been, been Limchos? Says the Gemara, Beruchos. What does Beruchos mean? Well, do we have any real estate agents tonight? Where's Gerald? Location, 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 look at Rashi, three lines down from the top of the page. I've got other properties on the east side of town. I've got other properties on the west side of town. You gave me a property, when I was a kid, I, I, I'm being Mocha. You, you didn't make a mistake. It wasn't a toast. So in those cases Rav Nachman is of the opinion that we hold a makaorz in Ya. No stira. And therefore, so far, it seems that we paskin like Reb Nachman, that we paskin like the Tanakam of our Mishnah, that Abesdin is only given a margin of error of one sixth. Says the Gemara two thirds of the way down, four lines into the wide lines. He says that there was, in fact, a story where so, Rebbe held like the opinion so, of the Chachamim, and Omar Lefanov, and mm-hmm. then somebody said to Rebbe the following Parta is a person's name. Beno shel Rebbe Lazar ben Parta, who was the son of Rebbe Lazar ben Parta, who was Ben Beno, the grandson shel Rebbe Parta Hagodl, obviously someone wonderful and great. They argued to Rebbe, how can you pasken like the chachamim? After all, makoach And what did Rebbe do? Well, Rav Nachman didn't exist yet. He couldn't say that he holds like Rav Nachman. Rabbi was the last of the Tanoim. Rav Nachum was a third century more. They lived a hundred plus years apart, approximately. Says the Gemara, the Hichse Rabbi Asamaisa. Whew. Rabbi changed the Shita. But what happened to the whole lumdas that we just gave? We just said that if there's a Taus, <laughs> then that's not where Mako Achbez and Yoffa fits in. Anyways, that's part one of the story. And then Rav Dimi Masni Hachi. That's how Rav Dimi taught this part of the story. But Rav Safra taught the story a different way. Rav Safra Masni Hachi, he taught the story like this. Maisa, and not that Rabbi this way, just ubike He was pondering the Shaila, and he said out loud, uh, I'm not Pasukening yet, but I'm talking and learning. It seems to me this should be like the Chachamim margin of error of 1.6. And then before he Pasukened, Amr and then he didn't paskin that way, But all of this was pre-psak. Lo, osa, rabbi, esamaisa. So what's going on here? Why are there two versions of this story? They're so similar. One is pre-psak and one is psak, says the Gemara. (coughs) Lema, perhaps, behok kamiflage. Really, here is what the Machlokas is about. Mar savar ta'a mishnah chozer. According to one shita, (coughs) if a person makes an error and Rebbe seemingly really felt that this was actually an error because he omitted the consideration of Makoach Bezdin yafe. So if we say, toab mishnah then great, no problem. It's a post-psak and now we can change our psak. Umar sovar eno choser. But the other shita, this is Rav Safra. Rav Safra was of the opinion that if you make a mistake, you cannot go back. That's why one of the versions of the story was, that's why one of the versions was, he hadn't given his psak yet because had he given his psak, he couldn't go back. So, according to Rav Safra, we're talking about a case where we must hold that if you make a mistake, you can't go back. Your psaq is out. You can't put the psaq back in the back. And that's why the two stories are different. Says the Gemara, Lo, that's not why the stories are different. The Kuleyama, Tobit, Varmishna, Choser, everyone agrees that if a Rav makes an error, he can go back and change the change the realities. What's going on here? Umar Savar Hachihava Maisa. Umar Savar a Maisa. This isn't, uh, we're not making things up. This is what the stories were. This is exactly how things played out. And that would be the difference between them. We're going to stop right here. Imir says Shabbos. We'll pick up with Kuf Ahmad Base and Kuf Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful night. One one